Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of We Talk Wrestling right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. And today, ladies and gentlemen, um, kind of a bittersweet episode in a sense, um, but one that, you know, I feel like we need to talk about. Um, it, it's, it's so apropos that we talk about this particular episode um, because in, in the world of professional wrestling, there's a there, there's a lot of big promotions out there. Everybody talks about it, WWE, they talk about uh, AEW, they talk about Impact Wrestling, um, but one of my favorite promotions, and I think, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Chip, but I think he may have the same mindset, was has always been Ring of Honor. Like, I've always been a big fan since I very first seen Ring of Honor. Um, I remember, you know, seeing just insane, crazy matches. I remember, you know, the Samoa Joe, uh, CM Punk trilogy and how that was just amazing. And then seeing all the great, you know, like most of the guys who are the big stars in the wrestling industry today, your Seth Rollins, your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayn's, like all of them came from and were developed by, you know, this small little company um, outside of Philadelphia, you know, not and, and not the ECW, but Ring of Honor, you know. And for those of you who don't who who are wondering why we're talking about Ring of Honor, is because literally uh, a few days ago, uh, on October twenty on October twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. I say a few days ago, but this this episode will be available before Final Battle. Ring of Honor announced that it would go on hiatus after Final Battle in December with a return tentatively scheduled for April of 2022. All yeah, person- it's, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. It's, it, the, from what I understand, they're, they're scheduled to have uh, a show WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so they'll be back, you know, WrestleMania weekend is, is what they're saying right now. Yeah, it's, I think uh, Supercard of Honor, I think, is what the, the event's going to be. Um, and all personnel would be would also be released from their contracts as part of a planned, quote-unquote, reimagine of the company as a focus-based product. And we actually have the release statement from Ring of Honor here. And it says, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over the last 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new statement. I'm sorry, in a, with a new mission and strategy. This year will culminate with Final Battle in December, and we will take and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we recon- as we reconcipate. Reconci- I've never read that word before. I'm sorry. Re- re- reconcipitate, reconcept- re- reconceptualize. There we go. Ring of Honor. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate. We we anticipate returning to live events in April for SuperCard of Honor with a new fan-focused product to provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. Ring of Honor. Um. That being said, and what are some of your favorite memories of Ring of Honor? Like, just far as like just ma- early Ring of Honor matches that you've remembered watching, and things of that. Man, nature. I, I've been following Ring of Honor since their first show. Like, I, I remember the the first show. Uh, they had, I want to say that the the main event was like AJ Styles, Daniel Br- or Brian Danielson. Um, 
maybe Loki. Loki and Christopher Daniels. That yeah, fatal four way was... for the for for the inaugural uh championship, wasn't it? I, I believe that's what it was. I'd have to go back and do a, a little more research. My brain, you know, trying to remember all this is uh insane. But uh Right. Yeah. I like I remember that match and then there was a match that um it was like Spanky, um now known as Brian Kendrick and Michael Shane w- was in the match. That match was insane. Um, right. And you had guys like, like, uh, what was his name? Nemesis, or was it Onyx? Something like that. Uh, yeah. I know who uh, you're talking he, about, yeah. Uh, uh, and Xavier, he, you know, he was the, the champ there for a while. Uh, Rest in peace, Xavier. You know, and then going from there, and then you get uh, matches with, uh, and then CM Punk shows up, Colt Cabana shows up. You get the uh, the trilogy of matches with Punk and Samoa Joe for the world title. That's uh, when I started you, watching Ring of Honor. Right there was when Joe and uh, Punk were wrestling each other. You know, and you got you got young Jay and Mark Briscoe, uh, and then. You got a guy by the name of Nigel McGinnis that shows up, and Oof. him and him and Brian Danielson have these wars over the Dude, pure title. The uh, unification battle was that is still up there. What is one of my favorite my favorite matches in Ring of Honor is them for that unificate to unify the pure and the Ring of Honor World Title. Right, and you know from there you get the Jay Lethal's and the mm-hmm. Adam Cole's. Uh, bye bye. The, the, the Kevin Steens, the, um, you know, Steve Carino had a run there. Uh, yeah. Jim, Jimmy Jacobs, uh, Seth oh, Rollins, or, or as he was known then, Tyler Black. Um, yep. Man. Who, uh, do, you Jim- rem- do you remember, I mean to cut you off, do you remember, it, it happened in Ring of Honor, I know it happened in Ring of Honor, it was, I cannot remember for the life of me who, Somebody went to powerbomb Jimmy Jacobs off the top of the top BJ rope. Whitmer. And BJ Whitmer, there we go. BJ went, went to powerbomb him, and then he slipped, and then just boom, boom, boom. Like, he hit every single turnbuckle post on the way back down. Like, I mean, it, it was a botched spot, but, I mean, I mean, it didn't stop. They continued the match, so, you know, God bless Jimmy Jacobs because he, he got fucked up on that thing, you know. Yeah, right. So, I didn't mean to catch uh, up. Go ahead. I, I, that, no, that thought was in my mind. <laughs> no, you're fine. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Rave it, it shows up and is doing some of the best work of his of his life there. Um, shout out to Jimmy Rave. Uh, prayers for Jimmy Rave. Going Absolutely. through a lot right now. Uh, you know, El Generico and... Uh, and I know he's a hot topic, but Michael Elgin, you know, and then they do the deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you get guys like Carl Anderson coming over, the the Bullet Club, Marty Skrull, uh, and it's just insane, like how much Ring of Honor was a part of, like my my uh, younger years growing up when it when it came to uh wrestling matches right you know i it, that was a place that i always 
wanted to go and and be a part of you know everybody right wants to be in the wwe uh and when i first started wrestling that that was kind of the goal you know you go to wwe main event wrestlemania uh but then when i started learning more about like the independence and ring of honor came up and it just stuck with me and i was like that's a place i want to be right uh and then you know, uh, we had the opportunity to go and help do some setup there and uh, take part in a couple of shows. Yeah, that uh, I will. I'll never forget the night. Yep, I will never forget the night. Uh, the th- me, it was me, you, and our good friend Oreo, aka Joey Sparks, aka Jay. We love, we love you, brother. We miss you. Um, we were we, we were security that night, and the main event was the Briscoes versus um matt taven and mike bennett yeah the kingdom yeah and um uh that they had that war all over the place and i remember before that whole thing like uh one of the guys i can't remember who it was brought all the security guys together and say listen they're fixing to do this spot in the crowd with using the scaffold please keep the fans back i don't care what you do i don't care if you piss them off please keep the fans back and we kind of looked at each other like okay and then the whole thing is like we're keeping them back. We're uh, Mark's going up to the top of the scaffold. Matt Taven's laying on a table, and the whole time, like you, we, you and me both are timid. It's like get get back, stop, you know. And then we're all looking up at the same time, and everyone just stops as Mark Briscoe just jumps off the top of the scaffold. And at that point, I don't know, I don't know about you, but at that point, everything went in slow motion for like five seconds, and then all of a sudden, bam! And it was the loudest reaction. And I'm still trying to hold people back. People jumping up, screaming, chanting ROH and stuff. That's when I, and then that's when the referee went down there and everything like that. And then next thing I know, I think it was, yeah, Mike Bennett and Jay was like fighting. And then everybody was chasing after them. And we were going by. And as I went by, I went down there. I'm like, Mark, you good? He goes, I'm good. Matt, you good? I'm good. All right. So we kept on going. And then the finish of that match was they did a damn doomsday device. A suicide dive doomsday device, which I've never seen before. I thought that was the craziest shit I've ever seen. That was really cool. That was fun. Um, yeah, that whole night, that 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 whole night was fun. Um, you know, getting a chance to be a part of that. Um, and then having to meet, you know, meet guys, you know, and you know, talk with them, you know, locker room and stuff like that, you know, getting to know them and things. Um, and like what we talked about previously. They did mention that the final battle event that is going to take place is going to take place in December. And how I propose that we talked about final battle being the final event before their hiatus, considering the list that we have in front of us today. You want to tell them what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, today we're going to talk about the 10 best matches in final battle history. So for those of you who don't know what Final Battle is, Final Battle is considered Ring of Honor's version of WrestleMania. It's their biggest show of the year uh, to many fans and wrestlers. Uh, So some amazing matches have taken place there, right? Uh, Right. So the importance of Final Battle, of the Final Battle event to Ring of Honor is huge in the company's legacy. ROH introduced the show all the way back in 2002 with a new event each year. Um, so every ring of honor wrestler hopes to have a big night when performing at that show names like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Kevin Steen, Tyler Black, uh, have all made their mark. Competition is strong when breaking down the best matches in the events history. 
but we're going to give you what we think are probably the 10 best matches. Uh, and please, when you hear this, please feel free to debate us. Uh, Ring of Honor is, you know, like, like we've said, you know, it, it, it is a huge passion for both of us. Uh, we both love Ring of Honor. Uh, we, we love the guys that work at Ring of Honor and everything. So please, please debate us and tell us if you think these are the 10 best or if you have one that we may have forgotten or missed definitely let us know but we're going to jump right into what we think are the 10 best matches in final battle history you want to hit them with the first one absolutely we're going to kick it off with and and before we and before i state something let me just say this one one, one more quick thing Jay, Jay and Mark Briscoe are the coolest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life <laughs> in terms of Ring of Honor. Those guys are fucking awesome. And I say yeah. that to say this. Number 10, Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole at Final Battle 2014. Now, Ring of Honor benefited from pushing Adam Cole into the top role as a dominant heel main eventer. Cole and Jay Briscoe had one of the most personal rivalries in company history both men upped their game over a series of matches with extra violence involved. Briscoe, Briscoe scored one of the biggest victories of his Ring of Honor of, of uh, his career from his Ring of Honor World Championship success, defending victories from the World Championship, defending it at Final Battle 2014. The fight without honor was Ring of Honor's version of a no disqualification match with Jay surviving the bloody brawl. Um, I remember this. I remember it at the time because. Jay Briscoe had won the title and then he got hurt. And then that's when they had the tournament between they had the big old 16 man tournament. And then it came down to Michael Elgin and Adam Cole and Adam Cole ended up beating him. And Jay Briscoe came out, gave the belt to Adam Cole, shook his hand. He was the bigger man or whatever. And then that's when Adam Cole super kicked him in the back of the head and, you know, you know, became, um, you know, the heel Adam Cole that we all knew um right. and then eventually it turned out to where like he would get the match and i think it led to a triple threat between him elgin and uh adam cole and then i think jay picked it up back then and then they had the match at final battle where i mean it was just if i'm not mistaken and correct me if i'm wrong if i'm not mistaken this was the match where adam cole put thumbtacks in Jay Briscoe's mouth and super kicked him with the thumbtacks in his mouth. Am I correct on that? Uh, I, I, I believe that's right. Um, you know, this was also the match where, um, Adam Cole, if I remember correctly, he, uh, like stapled a flyer to Briscoe's head, uh, kicked out of the J driller, uh, just, you know, crazy stuff. They did a Falcon zero through two tables, or, I mean, uh, two through chairs. Uh, and it, it was just an insane battle. Uh, yeah. And it, it was insane, the punishment that they put themselves through, uh, you know, just yeah. for for their passion of the sport and, you know, wanting to be the Ring of Honor world champion. Right. And, uh, and this is, I mean, Jay Briscoe was on a roll here. I mean, he, at that point... At this particular point, he hadn't been pinned um, for at that point a year and a half, and it wouldn't be right. until it wouldn't be until almost a year and a half later when 
him and Jay Lethal battled for the winner take all match at uh, uh, best best in the world, where where he actually lost a match for the first time in three years when he when when Jay Lethal beat him at at best in the world. And Adam Cole, from this point, I definitely think that this was what solidified Adam Cole. His rivalry with Jay Briscoe brought out like a darker, more dangerous side to him, which I feel like a lot of people, I felt a lot of people felt like that was something he was missing because you know he he came from the tag. He was you know he was he was known as a tag team guy. It was him and Kyle O'Reilly as Future Shock, you know, and then they broke off, and then um, they wanted to elevate Cole, and then it was it was Cole. It was Elgin. There was a lot of other, you know, names that were thrown in the mix, but they were the two guys that they wanted featured. And Jay Briscoe, obviously, being the one who overcame and then, you know, you know, beat Kevin Steen for the championship, and you know, Scum, you know, leaves Ring of Honor at that point. So yeah, it was a whole big thing. But yeah, I mean, this was definitely the 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 the, the, the program, uh, the storyline, and the angle that created this more sinister version of Adam Cole. I think. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, Adam Cole has sent has Adam Cole, and I mean, he's gone on to do amazing things after the fact. And I still, still to this day, I mean, I still think that in terms of just just pure heel, Adam Cole's up there. You know, as far as right now, and even back in Ring of Honor, like I mean, they, I think they hated Adam Cole just as much as they hated Kevin Steen, but. Then again, they really did. They really hate Kevin Steen because he was loved, even though he was the most heelish, heartless son of a bitch in the, in, in Ring of Honor. But they still loved him. You know what I mean? Right. Which is a weird effect. I don't know. It, it, it um, was a respect factor, right? Right. It had you know. to have been. So that being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. You got it? Yeah. Next up, I've uh, we're going to talk about. So apropos, uh, we go from. Adam Cole versus Jay Briscoe to the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe versus the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson versus SCU, the, SCU. Pairing, of Kazar- the pairing of Kazarian and Scorpio Sky from Final Battle 2018. That match was um, nuts. Yeah. So um, the difficulty of finding momentum after losing members of the Elite for the start of AEW is something Ring of Honor is still recovering from. Yeah. Final Battle 2018 was the final match for the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Adam Page before their contracts expired. The Young Bucks main evented with a great ladder match against the Briscoe Brothers and SCU. Jay and Mark Briscoe won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships as the only wrestlers in this match not leaving for AEW just a few weeks later. Uh, now, do you remember watching this ladder war? I remember seeing the highlights of it. I never got a chance. I never got a chance to watch the actual match itself, but I actually have seen highlights of it. Um, you know, because it's. I mean, you think the Young Bucks? Oh, it's super kicks all day long. No, they actually, they actually put forth some effort in this one. You know, and I feel like with especially with AEW just you know coming into existence and. You know, a lot of you know people are like, yeah, you know, this is gonna be AEW is gonna be something good, and like I res- like I respect the Briscoes for wanting to be like, nah, Ring of Honor gave us our sh- gave us our shot. We're gonna stay with them. Um, of course, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, like they kind of had their run with uh, Ring of Honor at that point, and I think both of them were ready to move on. 
and the Bucks right. obviously being EVPs of uh being an EP EVPs of uh AEW, obviously they're gonna not leave as they leave as well. So it made sense for the Briscoes to pick up the tag titles. But from from everything that I've seen of the match and just the highlights, it it was insane. From from the highlights that I've seen. Yeah, it, it was an insane match. So when um Ring of Honor does ladder matches and they don't do them very often but they call them ladder wars um and and when they say it's a ladder war they mean it like these are some of the most brutal matches that i mean some of the most brutal ladder matches i've ever seen uh on top of just you know matches period i remember in this match um there was a spot where um Frankie Kazarian and one of the young bucks, I want to say it was Nick, uh, were, uh, on two ladders side by side and, um, Kazarian like shoves, uh, Jackson off of the ladder and he goes off of the ladder out of the ring and through a table. And it was, it was like, shit, did that really just happen? Uh, and then, you know, years later, you would see uh, WWE do the same thing uh, in a sense, you know, where they would right. do bumps, you know, from, you know, tall ladders that are set up in the ring to, you know, tables that are set up out of the ring. Um, so this was just yeah. one of those matches that it was it was insane. I don't think anybody really realized how insane this match was going to be going into it. Right. So. And considering that, you know, four of the six men in this match were leaving uh ring of honor at this point, it made sense to put, like I said before, to put the championships on the Briscoes, but you didn't want to give off the impression because I feel like, even if you know someone is leaving or even if you have the imp- the implication or the indication that someone is leaving, you think, oh, man, I hope they don't phone it in. And, you know, SCU and the Young Bucks, even though they were leaving, they didn't phone it in, which, I mean, those guys never phone it in anyway. You know, they always go all out, balls out every single time they wrestle, uh, regardless of whatever the future holds for them. They're going to give the fans, you know, the best that they can give them, you know. Right. So, so that being said, let's move on to the next one. And my God, <laughs> I dude, Kenta versus Loki from Final Battle 2005. Kenta became one of the most popular Japanese wrestlers in the United States when working for Ring of Honor during their working relationship with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Loki was among the top Ring of Honor stars around Final Battle 2005 to receive a huge match with Kenta. Both men were known for their stiffer strikes and ability to take harder damage than, uh, than most others. Kenta and Loki delivered an all-time great Ring of Honor match in the company's early stages to set the standard for future Final Battle events. I was I was a big fan of Loki. I'm still a fan of Loki. Um you know and for those people, for, for those of you who may not know Kenta, we're not talking about Kenta Kobashi. We're talking about Kenta, as in the former. Which at this point he was still Kenta, but he 
eventually went to WWE NXT and he was known as Hideo Itami. That's how most of you will probably remember him. This match was like, this this was the closest thing you got to MMA in a pro wrestling ring because these guys would just beat beat the shit of each other, punches and chops and kicks and just this insane, you know, just like how the fuck are these guys still walking after this match? Like this match is unbelievable. Um, did, did you did you actually uh, watch this match? Uh, yeah, I I have this match on DVD uh, down in my uh, media room where right. I have my my big wall of wrestling DVDs. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I know um, what you I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. You know, but I I, I probably have not all, but a, a good huge chunk of ring of honor events on dvd uh and i still go back and watch them you know but uh this match was just like man i was i I watched this match and i was like i never want to get in the ring with either of these guys (laughs) i i I don't want to fight anybody that will just look at me and be like oh really that's all you got you better fucking hit me harder i don't ever want to fight anybody like that because <laughs> my goal is to knock you the fuck out and and walk away but right. no these guys like I, I just the 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 strikes that they were throwing in this match were absolutely insane and it was just like they kept coming back for more Right, it was like, man, you'd have hit me about twice. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, <laughs> right. I I would have walked to the dressing room, gotten my bag, pulled out my gun, and been like, now nah, this shit is over. <laughs> right. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, like, and, uh, like... I, I was gonna say for for those uh, of you who don't know who Loki is, he wrestled in WWE for a little while as Senshi. No, no, he wrestled in TNA as Senshi. He wrestled in WWE as oh, Caval. It's Caval. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Um, the only thing, like, I mean, because this was 2005, and the, the I mean, because, I mean, obviously both guys were have wrestled in Japan, and Japan has is known for people just hitting stiff, you know, beating the shit out of each other. I, I remember probably the stiffest match that I ever watched in my entire life was with Shibata and... Tamahiro Ishii, they just literally taking turns beating the shit out of each other. And it's so strange because I watched that and I was just like, huh, I'm pretty sure Kenta and Loki had that exact same style match. And I, and I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Japan is known for their stiff strikes and, you know, because it's a sport over in Japan, you know, that they really, they treat it like a sport, you know. Um, and it's just, just, just an amazing amazing match overall uh for this one and and for it to take place at the final battle it was definitely worthy of final battle yeah oh it it definitely was it definitely was and i mean after everything that uh they threw at each other kenta won the match with with a a running knee strike right and it, it was just one of those like yeah i mean after everything, that had to be it, because yeah. I, what did they have left? 
well, I, I don't know that either either man had anything left in the gas tank. And, you know, uh, Kenta was the, the GHC junior heavyweight champion at this point. Right. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the match was actually for the title. Uh, mm. You know, so obviously, you know, low-key went all out trying yeah, to, absolutely. to take the strap. So. Yeah. That being said, though, again, amazing match. Love it. Um, but let's move on to the next one. This next one. Whew. Dude, this ne- you talk about a ladder war. God, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Kevin Steen, uh, also known as uh, Kevin Owens, versus El Generico, a.k.a. Sami Zayn. And this was ladder war from... Ring of Honor's final battle, 2012. Uh, if you haven't seen this match, good God. Um, but so, you know, I, I led off with who, who these guys were. Uh, and this would be, final battle 2012 would be the second time that Steen and El Generico main evented final battle. But this time they added the stipulation of a ladder war. Steen defeated Generico in a vicious match using the weapon uh, for dangerous memories. A fun twist about this match was that Ring of Honor ran this show in the afternoon since WWE TLC 2012 took place just hours later that night in New York as well. Uh... The future WWE stars Owens and Zayn attended the event after main eventing Ring of Honor's biggest show of the year. So so they main evented Final Battle 2012, cleaned up, and went across town and watched right. TLC 2012. Uh, right. And I would be willing to bet that the whole time they were watching, they were like, yeah, we did that shit a whole lot better. <laughs> uh, you know, at this, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, Steen was the uh, Ring of Honor champion. This was when um, it was him and uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino were, uh, were scum. A, yeah. a, a tandem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sami Zayn was trying to get the title, but he was also trying to rid Ring of Honor of Kevin Steen. And these two literally beat the holy hell out of each other. That match. My God. Like, and this is also because, like what you said, this was 2012. This was December 2012. This was because Generico was leaving ROH at this point because he was fixing to be signed with NXT um, right before um, because he had because yeah yeah because it had to have been because he was in he was in he was in NXT in 2013 um, because the beginning of 2014 uh, was it was around WrestleMania 30 and they did NXT Arrival. And him and Cesaro went out there and had an incredible match. Or for Ring of Honor fans, it's Claudio. You know him. Um, you know. Right. 
used to be with Chris Hero, Kings of Wrestling, former artist, or uh, my God, tag team division was amazing. Anyway, but yeah, man, I, the, the 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 main like this whole match was insane. But the one spot that I always remember was Kevin Steen doing the fucking package pile driver through two ladders that were being supported by two other ladders. And right, hitting yeah. that man, like I was like, "How the fuck is Sammy? How the fuck is Generico not dead? Like, how is this? How are you not dead right now? Or how do you not have a brain hemorrhage or something?" I I don't know. Um, <clears throat> this this match was absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, that was that was one of the spots of the night. Was was the uh, package pile driver through the. Uh, the ladder scaffold, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have you no better term. That. Right. Yeah, I have no better term for that than ladder scaffold. Uh, you know, they did... Uh, man, they broke so many ladders by putting their bodies through them. It was insane. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, so this was in December of 2012. In February of 2013, uh, El Generico would make his debut in NXT as Sami Zayn. Uh, and then, you know, just a few years later, uh, Kevin Steen would make his debut in uh, NXT as Kevin Owens. And they would rekindle that feud uh, that, I mean... They they haven't done it in a while, but you know, th there's this this chant of fight forever, and I do one hundred hundred percent believe that that uh, Kevin Steen and Sami Zayn or uh, El Generico, whatever you want to call them, are destined to fight forever. Absolutely, I mean, they've been doing it for years, years upon years. That being said, we're going to move on to the next one. And this one, this match was one of my, this match is, was one of my favorite, one of my favorite matches in Ring of Honor. Uh, definitely have it up there. And you guys, you guys may have seen it more recently on NXT, the rivalry that took place. But everything they're doing at WWE kind of pales in comparison. I mean, they did it on a grander stage, obviously. But man, it was, I'll just say it. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, Final Battle 2016. That match, I mean, it was one of the very few matches. Let me just do this. NXT has witnessed the rivalry between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly become the best storyline of 2021. The former stablemates of the Undisputed Era have a history that delivering together that, that of, of delivering together in Ring of Honor as a team and as opponents. O'Reilly scored his biggest win in Ring of Honor uh, by winning the Ring of Honor World Championship at Final Battle 2016. Both men left it all in the ring with O'Reilly pro uh, pro proving that he could win the top prize. Unfortunately for Ring of Honor, Kyle's contract was ending weeks later and he couldn't have a good real run with the title. If He only held the belt for like 35 days or something like that because he ended up dropping the belt to back to Adam Cole in Japan uh, when Ring of Honor and New Japan were doing a joint show over in Japan. Um, but I, I just remember this match as being hard-hitting, and, and it told 
it was, it, you know, because most of the time, you know, Ring of Honor fans is like, they enjoy the pure wrestling of Ring of Honor. They're not, they're not really too big on like wild, crazy storylines or anything like that. But this was definitely a story. Uh, one of the, it was one of the story. It was one of the, um, it was one of the matches on the card that had some serious heat behind it. And I think that that's what made it so great was because there was, you know, former best friends, former tag team partners, mixing it up, you know, you know, and, and, and again, you guys seen it in NXT, you know, with the rivalry when they had the matches stand and deliver and then the, the great American bash. And then finally, just recently with um, Kyle O'Reilly beating Adam Cole in that final match and then Adam Cole leaving NXT and now he's in AEW. That being said, Chip, how did right. you feel about this one? This, I I keep saying this, and it's going to sound very repetitive uh, as we go through this list, but this match was fucking insane. Yes, uh, you know, so yes, uh, Kyle O'Reilly he he won the the world title, the the Ring of Honor world title, uh, and then shortly after, on January the fourth at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Wrestle Kingdom he, 11, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, it was January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom 11, uh, or January 4th, 2017, and this was at Wrestle Kingdom 11. He lost the ROH world title back to Adam Cole. And then in July of the same year, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole all debuted for NXT. Uh, where they uh, attacked uh, Sanity and then later in the night uh, Drew McIntyre or uh, Drew McIntyre was crowned the NXT champion and they uh, all three turned heel and uh, attacked uh, Drew McIntyre in the process but you know that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about the uh, the match from Final Battle 2016, uh, where you know O'Reilly wins wins the strap. They do a spot where O'Reilly, um, you know, the finish happens where um, O'Reilly actually hits Adam Cole with a brainbuster onto thumbtacks. Uh, and then rolls over into the Juji Katami and makes him tap out right there on the pile of thumbtacks. And it was absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Man, I, I I could go on and on, but, you know, we, we just don't really have the time. We, we really don't. And the fact that this match was so... It, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, Adam Cole at this point was already a two-time champion. Kyle O'Reilly for a... And, Again, it was like the WWE. The WWE can't come up with any new ideas. So hey, let's have Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly face each other, and we'll just retread what Ring of Honor did, pretty much. Which is basically pretty much what happened. Where Adam Cole always looked as Adam Cole always looked at Kyle O'Reilly as being beneath him. He's the bigger star. He's the better wrestler. He's the one people want to come see. You're a nobody. You're nothing. You're you know, you are, you, you know, you are my second in command, blah, 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 the, the whole thing, you know, like me, you know, he, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, everything that, you know, but then when they did the match in fi- at, at final battle, 
everybody, it, it, even though, you, you know, Adam Cole does the whole Adam Cole bay bay and it's cool to chant and things of that nature, everybody wanted Kyle O'Reilly to have that moment. Everybody right. wanted Kyle to win that match, to win that title. And the the emotion Kyle had after the match and the the the, the, the crowd reacting the way that they did after the match, and even Adam Cole in a weird way, almost as if like he could take a sigh of relief, like, you know, because I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're friends in real life, you know, you at least we think. So for that moment, like, yeah, you know, like Adam's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I was the one who took the pinfall for you to have this moment. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, you know, to, to date, that would have been, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's biggest win in NXT as well. Right. You know, when he so yeah, it, when him and yeah, when him and Adam Cole main event and stand and deliver on night two and that completely long ass forty minute match. But I mean, yeah, Kyle prevailed in the end, you know, and it was a lot of people still talk about that match from Stand and Deliver. So Right. So it, it, it seems so apropos that these two guys who are best friends in real life, Adam Cole was able to give Kyle O'Reilly the, the biggest moment of his career, his Ring of Honor career, uh, and then you know uh, several years later, give Kyle O'Reilly the biggest moment uh, up until that point of his NXT career as well. Right. You know, uh, like, like it, it shows. It, it really does show how unselfish he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and that's always a good thing. All right. So let's move on to the next one. You got it. Oh, oh my God. Let, again, ladies and gentlemen, I have not, we, we, I have not seen this list and I'm not scrolling down to look at it. My, go ahead, Chip. My God. All right. So my God, this match was freaking awesome. I was at your house and we of, watched this match. Remember? Yes. This is, this is one of my, my most favorite matches in in ring of honor history uh i had been a brian danielson fan for uh quite a few years before this you know the american dragon brian danielson uh he's heating up over here in aew uh but before he was in aew before wwe he was in ring of honor and he was the best wrestler in the world then right uh, and then, you know, come into uh, Final Battle 2008. He's facing facing Takeshi Morishima, who I think is Ooh. probably one of the most underrated Japanese wrestlers. I don't think Takeshi Morishima gets the credit that he deserves. Dude. Um, he, let me, let me, let me equate this. Takeshi Morishima is to Ring of Honor what, let's see, Masato Tanaka was to ECW. Does that make sense? Yes. Like Masato Tanaka wasn't a huge name, you know, but people remember him from ECW. You know, Morishima wasn't a huge name, oh, but they remember him from Ring of Honor. Because, dude, Morishima was amazing. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I'm fanboying. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, fanboy. <laughs> because, like I said, I I one hundred percent believe Takeshi Morishima is is one of the most underrated uh, Japanese wrestlers. And you know, like you said, 
he he would be the Masato Tanaka of Ring of Honor if you wanted to um draw that comparison. Him. Yeah, if you wanted to to compare him to somebody in in a way. Um so at this point Takeshi Morishima was the the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. Daniel Bryan is vying for the championship. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, in this match, Daniel Bryan suffers a detached retina. Oh, God. Yeah, that was that match, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, many oh, Ring of yeah. fans feel that Daniel Bryan's best work came there as Bryan Danielson. The run as the face of the company featured Bryan developing the reputation and nickname as the best wrestler in the world for a few years. Uh, Takeshi Morishima was one of the top feuds for Brian, and it finally culminated in a fight without honor at Final Battle 2008. Brian overcame the monstrous hill with a beautiful combination of his technical wrestling moves and violent use of weapons. Um, yeah, that, oh my god. That was, again, man, these guys, like, beat the living hell out of each other. Yes. And that was, again, man, like what you said, man, Morishima was not a huge name in Japan, like in terms of like popularity and stuff like that. Um, but man, the matches that he had with Daniel, man, my God, man, the, the, the ability that see, that's to me was what made me a fan of Brian Danielson was just how tough he was and how what kind of a beating he could take from Morishima and keep getting up and then give it right back to him. You know? Yeah. Like, we already knew Daniel Bryan was one of the best technical wrestlers, but in this particular match, he showed that he 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 can beat you, you know, not just with his technical prowess, but also if it, if it got to a point where he could get down and dirty, he would do it. Yeah, you know... uh, in this match, Danielson, uh, you know, he wore the crimson mask. Yeah, there, he there did. was a spot where uh, Morishima, um, you know, wrapped a chain around his neck and was like trying to choke the life out of him. Yeah, and everything. Uh, and then the finish comes down to Daniel Bryan wrapping the chain around his arm and he delivering the uh, the unprotected elbow strikes to the side of. Morishima's head and then spins him around and puts him in cattle mutilation and you know to to Morishima's credit he didn't tap out but he passed out from the pain yeah he did Uh, that yeah that that whole thing was just man right they they were able to to keep um, Morishima as you know this this monster guy because he didn't tap out. Uh, he he just passed out from the pain. But I mean, fuck Morishima. Uh, he he doesn't wrestle anymore. Uh, he he was trained by uh, Mitsuru Masawa. God rest his soul. Yeah. But I mean, he was Morishima was six foot three, two hundred and eighty seven pounds, and. That's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Bryan, at best, 5'8", 5'9", uh, 180 pounds, maybe, maybe pushing 200. Um, but 
<clears throat> just absolutely insane. You know, uh, Danielson hit him with uh, German suplex, and I mean, you could tell it was everything that uh, Danielson had to, to muscle him over and everything. Uh, that legit I, was I like, just... and, and dropping him on the back of his head, and it was like, ooh, like you almost like, is Morishima going to get up? Because, I mean, that looked like it really, 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 really hurt. You know, but man, I mean, they just kept on getting up and kept on getting up and kept on fighting back and kept on getting up. It's like that match was that, that match was just an incredible match to watch. Yeah, incredible. I mean, it, he he only wrestled for about a year uh, in Ring of Honor. Um, you know, he uh, for from about I want to say it was two thousand seven. Uh, till he lost the title in 2008 uh yeah when he lost the title to brian danielson that was his final uh match in ring of honor right um but but man i i I know we're pressed for time i just dude some of the matches that he had at uh it while he was in ring of honor um he wrestled Samoa Joe. Uh, then he defeated Homicide for the Ring of Honor title. On Ring of Honor's first pay-per-view, he defeated BJ Whitmer to mm-hmm. um, in his first t- title defense. Or, I'm sorry, that wasn't even on the pay-per-view. Uh, but this was in February of 2007. He defeated BJ Whitmer uh, for his first title defense. The next night, he defeated Nigel McGuinness, Samojo, and Homicide in a fatal four-way. Uh, he then again defended, uh, successfully defended the Ring of Honor Championship against Kenta uh, in Tokyo. Uh, then it was like a month and a half later before he was able to return to the United States. Uh, then he teamed with Chris Hero against Nigel McGinnis and Doug Williams. And then the next night, he defended the Ring of Honor title against Nigel McGinnis. Then he, uh, on Ring of Honor's very first pay-per-view, he defeated BJ Whitmer to retain the Ring of Honor championship. Then he teamed with Brian Danielson to defeat Nigel McGinnis and Kenta. On the second pay-per-view, he uh, again wrestled twice. He defeated Jimmy Rave. Uh, or he retained the title against Jimmy Rave. Then he later in the night defended the title against Adam Pierce and won. Then uh, at on their debut show in Japan, he defeated Nigel McGinnis to retain the uh, Ring of Honor Championship. Then he lost the title to Nigel McGinnis at Undeniable in October. Uh, he had a dark match tryout for WWE uh, where he defeated Charlie Haas in three minutes. Uh, he then defeated J.B. Noble the following night in a, another dark match, uh, this time for SmackDown. Then in 2008, he traveled back to the United States uh, where he faced... Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor's Final Battle 2008, which he lost. 
uh and and i was i i was mistaken the final battle 2008 was not the night that uh brian danielson had the detached retina it was prior to that uh and then that's why this was a um a, a fight without honor because uh, of the detached retina he didn't correct. want the honors he didn't want the honor system he wanted to fuck uh fuck uh, fuck uh, Morshima up even more like I'm gonna do to you Correct. what you did to me, yeah. Because I remember the promo pictures for that though. He had that that black, like he had that blacked out eye, uh, and it was still kind of red. But he had the bald head. Yeah, I remember that. That was, yeah. Who that was? That was an insane promo, insane promo yeah. picture. All right, let's move on to number four. Let's see again. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I am scrolling through, and we are going in blind with this. So let's see what number four is. Let me go and oh. Austin Aries versus Samoa Joe, Final Battle 2004. Oh, shit. Okay. The dominant streak of Samoa Joe in TNA was even more dominant in Ring of Honor, where he broke out first in a major way. Samoa Joe dominated the Ring of Honor World Championship with a record-breaking 645-day reign holding on to the championship. Austin Aries shocked the world at Final Battle 2004 when upsetting Joe in a great match to end his reign. Ring of Honor fans didn't expect Aries to be the one who ended the streak, but the impressive performance in the massive match put him into that top role. I got to be honest with you, I, me, me personally... I didn't think they were going to give the belt to Austin Aries. Um, now, I did like Aries. I thought that he was really... Because he, him around that time, he was he was in that crew with like Roderick Strong and Eric Stevens. Um, you know, I think who else was in who involved in that group? Uh, it wasn't like a group thing, but it, it was like he, he was it was he was in that class, if you will. You know what I mean? Well, like, no, the, it, yo, you're right. They they were in a group. Oh yeah, they were part of um. God, what was the name of the, what was the name of the group? See if you hadn't asked, I could have told. Ah, uh, yeah, you would have told me. Uh, Generation Next. Next. Generation Next. There we go. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Aries, Strong, and Eric Stevens, wasn't it? Nope. It was uh, Shelly, Aries, Roderick Strong, and Jack Evans. Jack Evans. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Alex Shelley. Yeah, I totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. Oh, they. Okay, that's right. They feuded with Eric Stevens, um, and um, I think Rhett Titus and Kerry King also. If I'm not mistaken, I don't even know if they were with the company at, at that point. But nevertheless, yeah. I wasn't expecting Austin to be the one to be the one that was the breakout star of that group. Like I was always more partial to, um, I was always more partial to uh, Roger Strong, um, and, and that's no disrespect to Austin Aries whatsoever. I think Austin Aries is a great talent, but I've always, I was I was more of a fan of uh, Roger Strong. That being said, though, you know they did push Aries, and again Samoa Joe was just on this tear. Man, he'd been through everybody, and then. Aries comes in, and I mean, I think because he put on such a great performance, you know, when they say, okay, yeah, listen, you're the one that's going to win the title of the night. Don't make us regret this, almost. And Aries went out there and put on probably the best match that he ever had in Ring of Honor. Um, well, I, I won't say that. I think there was a couple of other matches that he had uh, that were just as great. Um, um, it wasn't a final battle match. I mean, I remember the ma- match that he had with uh, Nigel McGinnis, the one where he did the uh, 
the the the, the heat seeking missile suicide dive through the uh middle and bottom rope hitting nodule in the back and the nodule hitting his head against the railing which caused that big old gash in his head yep that I was that, that was that was that was scary um but yeah man i mean how did you feel about this match in particular uh i mean it was it was one of those matches where i knew going into it Samoa Joe was going to win this match like no they're not taking the strap off of him yet it's just not happening right and then they did uh, and it cemented Austin Aries as this phenomenal, like he was good before that, but Joe brought out something in Aries that people hadn't seen up until that point. Um, you know, and they, they did, um, I remember at one point Aries doing that heat seeking drop kick that he, that he does, uh, to Joe, who was on the outside sitting in a chair next to the guardrail and yeah. just, like, just molly whopped him with this and rolls him in and hits a uh, 450 splash. And then Joe kicks out and you're like, holy yep. shit, how did Joe kick out of that? Yeah. You know, and, and at that point, you're like, yeah, he did that. He did the drop kick. He did the 451 kick. And right there, you automatically say, Joe's not, Joe's, Joe's winning this match. You can't keep him. You can't keep. You can't keep Samoa Joe down. You know, right. and yeah. Whew, but then uh, the finish came, and but yeah, then, man. Then, then later in the match, Aries hit Joe with a, a brain buster, and then goes up and hits him with another four fifty. Uh, and, and you know, if you go back and you watch that, you you would just just watching uh, Aries's reaction. I'm not sure that he knew he was going to win that match. Right. It was just one of those like, man, did did that just happen? I'm thinking maybe, and again, I don't know this for a fact, and I might be theorizing here, but maybe it was a situation where Joe was like, All right, listen, they're thinking about putting the belt on you. Go out there and show them that you deserve it. And maybe because maybe he maybe he maybe he he was gonna put him over for the title all along. You know, um, I've even heard other rumors saying that Joe picked Aries uh, to be the one to beat him, which, you know, that's different rumors flying all over the Internet. You never know what to believe anymore, right? especially in terms of wrestling. But Aries going out there and putting on the performance of his life at that point, you know, you know, and basically giving the reins saying, OK, you're the man now. You had this bomb ass match with Samoa Joe. What are you going to do about it now? And they you know it, they were off to the races after at that point yeah yeah so let's move on to the next match uh you got it chip i i do the next match is uh, it, it, it's two of the best wrestlers in the world period yes far none two two of you know uh where, where you had Jay Lethal versus AJ Styles mm. uh, from Final Battle 2015. Now, at this uh. point, Jay Lethal is the Ring of Honor World Champion. He's about six months into his um, into his reign as the champion. Uh, AJ Styles has, you know, been in TNA. Uh, he made. He left TNA and, and went to New Japan Pro Wrestling where he joined the Bullet Club. Uh, 
and then he comes over to to ring of honor uh to to vie for the one title that he had never won right uh and uh then this match happens and you get Jay Lethal versus AJ Styles. Um, so the time in Ring of Honor for AJ Styles, AJ Styles always felt secondary since he had committed more to TNA. The final match for AJ Styles in Ring of Honor was this match where he challenged Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, and Styles had never taken a clean loss in Ring of Honor since he was New Japan's top star. Right. But in this but in this match he put Jay Lethal over clean in what is just a classic match. If you have not seen this match, please go out of your way to find it. You will I promise you will love this match. You will you will learn something from this match if you are um a a young wrestler. You're you're gonna learn stuff. Uh and it, it's it's so crazy to think because AJ Styles, you know, coming from New Japan, in New Japan, AJ Styles was was a heel uh as part of the Bullet Club faction uh and everything. And coming over to to ring of honor he was a babyface challenging the heel jay lethal who uh this was at the point when jay lethal was managed by truth martini yep uh and everything and then these two go out and they put on a classic with each other that is just insane again i beg of you please go watch this match you will learn something uh you know this is one of the matches where you know aj uh this is one of the early matches where he starts using the the calf killer uh as it's now known in in wwe uh you know and it's it's kind of a shorter hair aj styles uh kind of when he was first starting to let his hair grow uh, Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal still had the corn rolls. Jay, Jay Lethal still had the hair and the braids. Yep. Uh, and dude, just they absolutely tore the house down in yes. this match. Um, that, absolutely, and and that, and that was at a time because if you remember, because in June of the same year in two thousand and five. At best in the world, fifteen Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe had that winner take all match because Jay Lethal at the time was not only, if I'm not mistaken, I think around this time he was still the Ring of Honor Television Champion at the time as well. I may have to go back through the timeline real quick if you give me just five seconds. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I apologize. Um. Uh, Jay Lethal had lost the Ring of Honor World Champion, I'm sorry, uh, television title to Roderick Strong on October 23rd of 2015. So this was right. So he he lost it at Glory by Honor right before Final Battle of 2015. Okay, so Roddy had the championship at that point. All right, but at that point, Jay Lethal had held the, the, the television title for 567 days. And then you go and you look at his Ring of Honor reign, 
with the uh, with the with the world championship, and at that point he was very much a. Um, now, if I only click on this thing right here, excuse me. Here we go. He won the championship from Jay Briscoe at Best in the World, and he held the championship for 427 days, eventually losing it to Adam Cole at Death Before Dishonor in August of 2016, uh, which eventually set up for the final battle match between him, between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, that being said, though, again, amazing match. Like, one of those matches that you could sit there and, like, you cannot get tired of this match. And, and this was around the time, this was 2015. AJ Styles, at this point, was the best wrestler in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jay Lethal, arguably, was the best professional wrestler in Ring of Honor. It made sense for these two to clash. It made sense for, the, for these two to want to get there and, you know, just go at it, man, and... I honestly, and this is my own personal opinion, I think Jay Lethal is one of the most underrated professional wrestlers. I, th- I, I still believe, my humble opinion, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he is so fucking underrated to the masses. And I guess because maybe because he's never appeared on WWE television, he's never been on like the big stages or whatever people want to consider a big stage these days. But man, Every final battle, every best in the world, every Supercard of Honor, every single time this man is in a ring, he delivers, man. He del- he delivered in TNA too. Um, you know, he he went back when he was doing the Black Machismo gimmick. You know, he was he delivered then. I remember um, Jay Lethal doing returning to the Black Machismo gimmick at All Out. I'm sorry, not All Out. Um, at All In uh, when. Uh, the you know when Ring of Honor pretty pretty much housed the uh, the first quote unquote AEW show that the 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 first the biggest independent show of the year ever pretty much, um, and you know Jay Lethal just you know just going out there against Flip uh, yeah it was Flip Gordon wasn't it I think it was yeah. Flip Gordon um, they had an incredible match and again like Jay Lethal just has the ability to pull out the best out of everybody and AJ does too um, but man just having them two in the in the ring man just amazing and this was and this was the same card uh that final battle 2015 that whole i mean that whole entire card was freaking amazing in my opinion um oh yeah uh that being said let's move on to the next one well real real quick oh, um i was gonna say uh w- one thing about Jay Lethal, because we were just talking about him. Uh, he holds the record for most combined days as Ring of Honor World Champion in company history. Yep. He is also a record-setting two-time and longest-reigning Ring of Honor World Television Champion, yep. holding the title for 567 days. He's the only man in Ring of Honor to hold both the television and world championship at the same time. He's a former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion with Jonathan Gresham, and yep. he is recognized as a Ring of Honor Grand Slam Champion and is the only man to have held the Ring of Honor World, the Ring of Honor Television, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, and the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Yes. And they just recently brought the Pure Championship back in uh, the year twenty, in uh, 2020 
And, um, you know, they had a lot of good. And I think Jonathan Grisham is still the pure champion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no. Oh, he's not the pure champion? It's been a minute. I, I have. Okay, I have it. I have it. Who's, uh, so who's, who's the pure champion now? Jonathan Grisham lost it at um, uh, on an episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling to Josh Woods. Josh or, Woods. I, oh, sorry, okay. This was at this was at Death Before Dishonor. Uh, what's that? 10, 15, 16, 17, 18. Uh, Death Before Dishonor eighteen. Uh, okay. He he lost it to Josh Woods. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shout out to Josh yeah. Woods. Yeah, shout out to Josh Woods. Um, I, I did. I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. um, but okay. So now that that's being said, you know, we fanboy of this. Let me go to the next one. I, again, I haven't seen it yet. So, oh wow, yo, how's that not number? One? Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. Again, this match was incredible. Homicide versus Brian Danielson from Final Battle two thousand and six. Dude, Homicide <laughs> is another one of those wrestlers who I think is is completely underrated. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely, he is. I yeah. mean, most people most people know him from being a tag team guy because he, it was either because it was him and Hernandez uh, at doing the LAX gimmick in uh, Impact Wrestling. People forget how good he was in Ring of Honor. Let me, let me get into this real quick. Okay. The Ring of Honor World Championship was protected greatly in the early years with only major names holding it. Brian Danielson is usually a top name is is a top name discussed for having the best title reign, but he also made sure that it ended perfectly. Homicide was an ROH original who fans absolutely loved and wanted to see him have his big moment. Brian and Homicide main evented Final Battle 2006 in front of a hot crowd. The incredible match ended with an emotional moment of Homicide winning the top Ring of Honor prize to cement his status in the company's history, making him an all-time legend in the eyes of many. This this match was just it it made people like it was it was it was homic, it was it was the you know, it was the hard work. It was the grind. It was the dedication. It was somebody who was an original who wanted to have that spot. And he had the perfect opponent in Brian Danielson to make sure that it ended the way that it, his reign ended the way that it was supposed to. And with the crowd being as electric as it was, it just made the match even that much better. Such a great oh, match. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, and, 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 dude, this match was so crazy. I remember early, early in the match, it, it looked like Homicide had it won, like almost from the get go, right? Because uh, they did a spot and uh, he hooked Danielson and hit him with the cop killer almost right away, uh, and, and Danielson kicks out, and you're like, "Holy fuck! How did he kick out of that?" Yeah, like uh, I, I was, I was shocked. I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like. Because I mean, because normally, because like, just normally, it's like because the match in total went about thirty minutes, you know. So you're sitting there wondering, like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? You know what I mean? So right, and then Homicide wins with with a lariat. Uh, I mean, and it was it was probably one of the the stiffest looking lariats I've seen. I mean, it wasn't Stan Hansen esque by any means, but right. I mean, it was it was there, it was in there. Yeah, and, and, uh, and 
Yeah, and the, and the one thing, the show, because it was headlined, the fact that it was in New York City, the fact that it was at the Manhattan Center, um, the fact that, you know, it was, you know, it, like the show was main evented because it was, it, was in, it was in Homicide's backyard when he challenged Brian Danielson. And it had the stipulation, and many people forget about this, with Homicide vowing to leave Ring of Honor forever if he fails to win the championship, which added a different level of intrigue to the match because your basic your Ring of Honor career is on the line. You're going into this match against literally the best professional wrestler in the world at this point. You are in New York City, in your backyard, in your hometown, at the Manhattan Center in New York City where the crowd wants to see you. If they've been a fan of you for so long, they it, it's a moment for you, but at the same time, it's also a moment for them because their guy, the one that they root for, the one that they cheer for, even because I don't know if this was a pure baby. I don't I, I don't know if this was a babyface heel type situation because I do feel like it, it, it was still more pure wrestling. So babyfaces and heels, they still had their place, but it was more like, okay, you're going into hostile territory, almost as if like when we talk about quote unquote bizarro world in WWE, when you when they, when they when they travel to Canada and they're like, huh, why is this heel Canadian getting cheered? Oh, gee, I don't know, because you're in their home fucking country. Same scenario. Like, I don't know if Homicide was the, the, the pure heel in this situation, but he was definitely, you know, the one that was the underdog in this situation because Danielson at that point was just beating everybody, you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, amazing, amazing match. I mean, I mean, and, and they did it. I mean, putting it at number two on this list, definitely, um, definitely. I, I'm actually, spot. anyway, how do you feel about this? Just based on just everything that's, uh, that the match was centered around and all the story and the storyline that had culminated with it. Could you say this was one of the best stories of that ring of honor has ever told? Uh, or at least, at least the top five. Uh, top 10, there's been some really, really good stories, uh, told in Ring of Honor. Like, Ring of Honor is, is severely underrated for the stories that they would tell, uh, and the feuds they would have. Uh, it, yeah, it because, just, because it's, because it's, they're solely based on pure wrestling. Right. Uh, and I mean, they they do have some um, some matches. Uh, well, it was some some stories that that aren't based off of pure wrestling, as well. Where you're like, you know, like blood feuds. Yeah, very much blood feuds. So that being said, let's speaking of blood feuds, let's move on to the very next one, the last one of the evening, number one. Last wow! One of the evening. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, this is going to be from Final Battle 2010, and we're once again going to talk about El Generico versus Kevin Steen. So the argument for the best match of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's history sees three or four having realistic points. Final Battle 10 was where the incredible feud first paid off in Ring of Honor a full year after Kevin Steen turned on El Generico. Uh, so this was the unsanctioned fight without honor 
uh, and it gave Ring of Honor the first culmination to their feud in a bloody brawl. Generico scored the win with a stellar combination of storytelling, violence, and action. Final Battle 2010 featured an all-time Ring of Honor classic that defined the entire year with Steen and Generico impressing. Now, if you haven't seen this match, I, I know we we talked about the the ladder war and and beefed it up, but this match going into this match, I remember uh Kevin Steen like stealing Generico's mask. Yep. Uh and you know uh which you know was unheard of because you know as uh masked wrestlers generico isn't um he he's not uh a hispanic wrestler so that tradition doesn't befall to his heritage but he chose very early on to wrestle under a hood and to keep his identity a, a secret uh and right. for for steen to to steal his mask and try to expose his identity to the fans that it was just disrespectful and so this match was a a fight without honor and they laid it all on the line they fought everywhere in the building. Uh, Kevin Steen wore a crimson mask. I remember at one point he's got just like this gobs of blood coming out of his head and he takes the blood and he, he wipes it and he writes the word die on his bicep and then licks it off. And you're like, dude, this is a morose motherfucker right here. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and this was also, this match was one of the first times, it may not have been the first time ever, but it was one of the first times that I remember uh, Kevin Steen using the powerbomb on the apron, and he powerbombs Generico on the apron, um, and you just think that Generico's dead at that point. Right. Um, and, the, man they literally beat the dog shit out of each other. I, yeah. I don't... And then with the, with this, with the stipulation being that since Steen law, uh, that there was an unsanctioned fight without honor for Jericho's mask versus Kevin Steen leaving ring of honor. Right. Uh, you know, you know, if, if, if Steen lost, he'd be forced to leave ring of honor. Steen won. El Generico would have to had to an uh, unmask, you know, um, because I remember the damn promo that he that they cut on Ring of Honor television. Um, he he had said something. I can't remember exactly what it was. He said something to the effect of, "I'm leaving this match one of two ways. I'm leaving this match with your mask, or I'm leaving this match as a corpse, or something like that." Like it was one of those uh, promos that was just very befitting of Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, let's be honest. I mean, the promos that he cuts in WWE aren't nearly as, how I say, censored <laughs> as what they were in Ring of Honor. He he was he he was almost like the one 
not I won't know if he I don't know if he was necessarily the first one, but he was one of the main ones that I remember who would be like, you know, fuck authority almost. Almost like in a pseudo like a like a pseudo Kevin uh like a pseudo uh Steve Austin type character, but not to that popularity, I guess. Um, just because he was just very anti-authority, anti-establishment. He fucking hated Jim Cornette. Um, you know, so that was the whole thing. I think Cornette was at this is 2010. So yeah, I think Cornette was still um around at this time, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Um, yeah, so I mean, because they had that feud, you know, they did the whole deal. And I remember saying seeing something um he said the next tattoo I get is going to be the time and date of your death or something like that to, to Cornette, like really, really getting under the, the skin of Cornette. But this match, man, just whew, in terms of like just pure unadulterated violence and just mayhem and just beating the shit out of each other. Like this is like, like it, it's, it, it was different comparable to like, okay, like you go back and you look, look at, Kenta versus Low Key from 2005. Like, that was a traditional beat the shit out of you type of wrestling match, but you knew it was a wrestling match. This was like, this was a blood feud. This was like, I fucking hate you and I want you to die. And you felt that emotion in this matchup. Now, obviously, Owens and Zayn are, you know, buddies, best friends in real life, but. In that moment, when you're watching this TV, even though you can look at it and say, you know, I know pro wrestling is staged, scripted, make-believe, but I really do believe Kevin Steen hates El Generico. And they brought out emotion in a in an audience that they, all they wanted was the pure wrestling, but they allowed themselves to be open to the story, and they, they literally was eating out of Kevin and Sammy's hand at this point. And it was just, it was beautifully done. It was beautifully chaotic. As I like to say, just an amazing match overall told an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, the, the match went 32 minutes. Golly. And I, I, I remember watching this match and they hit each other with everything, but the kitchen sink. And, I was waiting on that. <laughs> I, I was. And it, it was, man, it was insane. Uh, Steve Carino got involved. Colt Cabana got involved. Uh, I remember a referee getting pile drove, uh, a package pile driver by, by Steen. It, it was just like, man, somebody's going to die in this match. Uh and the one thing that that still sticks out to me is uh, prior to to this, uh, El Generico would wear um, his his hood would have red in it, uh, and right. this was in this match he wore all black. His hood was solid black with a, a white outline around it, um, and Steen carried the 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 red one to the ring with him. Cause that's the one he stole from him. Uh, and when the finish happened, I remember Steen pulling out the red hood, uh, as Generico's like getting ready to hit him with a chair. And he pulls out the red hood and kind of like as a peace offering, tries to hand it to Generico and Generico grabs the hood and he looks at it for a second. And you kind of see this, this 
sigh of relief on on Steen's face, right. and Generico just drops that hood and smashes him like dead in the side of the head. Uh, and, and Steen doesn't put his hands up or anything, like, and smashes him with this chair and pins him for the one, two, three, and the crowd fucking goes crazy. Yep. Uh, and it, it and it meant that much because it was like. You know, like, okay, we rooting for Sammy in this one. Like, oh, yeah, Kevin, you know, and they did the whole, you know, like, you know, like, like don't, you know, let the, let the door hit your ass the way out. Bye, go, you know, we don't want you here anymore, blah, 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 kind of deal. And, I mean, yeah, it was, golly, it was one of those moments, man, um, where he would, he, he would leave Ring of Honor, but he wasn't gone long. He came back... Um, it, it it was about a year later. It's about yeah. It was, about, it was uh, close to a year later. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm trying to remember was, when. Well, so uh, that match happened December 18th, uh, Final Battle 2010. Uh, shortly before that. Oh yeah, that's right. It was the very next uh, final battle in uh, in 2011. He came back and he fa- and he faced Steve Carino. Right. So, well, shortly before final battle 2010, Steen's contract actually ended due to uh, financial budget concerns. Right. But um, it wasn't until. Uh, it was actually just a few months later, so uh, Steen was was pulled out of all Ring of Honor events, and <clears throat> however, uh, President Kerry Silkin paid him for every month. He wasn't under contract, but Kerry Silkin still paid him. Now that's a stand up guy. Hey, that, that is very much uh, so. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, uh, so Cornette told Steen he would be brought back in a few months. And so Steen lost some weight, and uh, then Ring of Honor was sold. Uh, Cornette told him to wait another six months. Steen was unhappy, and his weight jumped to 291 pounds. His contract expired, uh, and then he signed a new contract in June of 2011 at Best in the World, he began. He he uh, introduced. He was being introduced by Steve Carino, who had turned face shortly after Sting's departure. Uh, and I, I remember this because this was right around the forming of Scum. Yeah. Uh, you know, because uh, it was it, it was Carino, uh, Steen, and Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, but then Steen turned on Jimmy Jacobs, who was his sponsor, and uh, Steen was drug out of the arena while Jim Cornette swore that he would never wrestle for Ring of Honor again. The I- original idea was to introduce Steen as a rehab wrestler. Uh, however, Steen turned down that idea because he didn't want to look like one of the Bravado brothers. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Uh, I always liked the Bravado Brothers as I did a tag too. team. I did. I did uh, too. And, and if I'm not mistaken, one of them is like one uh, is retired, and then the other uh, 
yeah uh so lancelot bravado retired but harlem his brother still wrestles and is currently signed to wwe where he wrestles under the name andre chase yeah um but yeah so you know the steam comes back uh and and kind of rekindles that feud with um el generico which culminated at final battle 2012 yep and this was right before generico um left to go to ring of honor so it all came to go to go to wwe yeah yeah all right so man, yeah, man, going back and just you know going through the history of of all these great matches on in Ring of Honor and things of that nature, and let let me let me ask you, um, is there one match on this list? Is there one match that's not on this list from Final Battle that you can remember, or are there other? Or is there is there another match that you um, remember from this great event, Final Battle, that wasn't on the list? Is there one that you can remember off the top of your head? Uh, ooh. Can I throw? Can, can can I start off then? Can I throw one out there to you? Yeah, please do. Roderick Strong versus Davy Richards for the Ring of Honor World Title, um, at uh Final Battle twenty ten. That uh, thirty minute broad that thirty minute match that just they just beat the shit out of each other, and it was right before the. Uh, Fight without honor between Generico and Steen in the, on, on the same card. Like I thought that match was just incredible, but I also think that the match that Davy Richards had with Eddie Edwards, that forty-one minute brawl, was just an amazing match as well. I thought both. I think both those matches were, were incredible. Though those were good matches. Um, man. Um. There's, there's, I'm there's, making him think now, y'all. I'm making him think now. Yeah. Uh, Final Battle 2019, you had Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus the Briscoes. That was an amazing match. Yes, it um, was. Very much. If we're going if we're going more recent, uh, ba- uh, Final Battle 2017, uh, Dalton Castle versus Cody. Eh. Eh. I, I wouldn't put that in. That's not, not not the upper echelon. No, not not in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but as as a tag team wrestling enthusiast, I would put the um, 2006 final battle tag match between the Briscoes and the Kings of Wrestling. Oh God, yes, yes, uh, that match was amazing. So, yeah. Well, see if we're going if we're if we're going um, if we're going tag matches, how do you feel about uh, Final Battle twenty twelve Doomsday? Uh, the Wolves against uh, Red Dragon. Any Wolves versus Red Dragon matches, amazing. <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you you mentioned uh, the Briscoes versus World's Greatest Tag Team. That was a good one. Um, that that was okay, but the that was at a point where. Benjamin and Haas, they weren't, they were good, but they weren't doing their best work, uh, in my opinion. 
So right. Can I throw? Can I throw out one more match? Yeah. Austin Austin Aries versus Tyler Black, the sixty minute time limit draw for the world title. That was that was amazing. Yeah. That 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 match was definitely worthy of the main event. I think. Like the only other match on the card that could rival that was Briscoes versus the Wolves, and that was a twenty three minute barn burner. Yeah. 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 Hey, Kenny Omega was on that card. Yep. Uh, see, it was it was a uh, Claudio uh versus Colt Cabana, Kenny Omega, and Rhett Titus in a four corner survival match. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. So. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you for listening to us, fanboy over Ring of Honor, and and like we said, man, I mean the the whole thing, especially with Ring of Honor taking their hiatus and. You know, Final Battle 2021 uh, will be their final event before their reimagining and before their um, rebranding, retooling, um, you know, changing the image of the company. Um, like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen um, because you do have a lot of uh, superstars or a superstar, a lot of wrestlers under that will be released after their their contract is up at up at ring of up at uh, ring of honor um and there's a lot of uncertainty in the air so we will definitely see what happens um and as always you know i you know i i wish nothing but those guys the best of luck whatever happens if they decide to come back for the rebranding ring, ring of honor awesome if you if they want to take their talents to AEW or WWE or maybe go over to New Japan or maybe you know find some work on the independence, you know, whatever they, you know, whatever they do, like I wish them nothing but the utmost um, respect and nothing but the best of luck because some of the, I mean, some, some of the best talent right now in pro wrestling is in ring of honor. They don't get seen a lot that much, but they definitely are. There is a lot of good, you know, Jonathan Gresham's there. The Briscoes are there. Jay Lethal's there. Um, Bandito, which a lot of people know Bandito from, PWG also, but yeah, Bandito, Roosh, um, so many great, so much, so much great talent is there. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next. Um, how, so any, any final words, uh, before we jump out of here tonight, Chip, about the Ring of Honor situation? Yeah, I, I really 100% hope that, that Ring of Honor does make, uh, a comeback after this hiatus. Uh, I don't want to see it go under by any means. Um, I, I think that Ring of Honor is a great place. Uh, it's a great opportunity for for guys to to for young guys to go and and learn their craft uh, there with with the TV deal with Sinclair, um, and and everything. So so I hope that you know the the four months off that first quarter and they do the the reimagining and come back you know better and stronger than they were to begin with and you know these guys get a place to to show their craft and and everything right you know i found it so funny that ring of honor started as a way for rob feinstein to you know, promote his video distribution business. And now it's took off into one of the best 
wrestling companies in the world, one of the most underrated wrestling companies in the world. Still to this day, one of my favorites to watch. I, I will always watch. Anytime someone's like, hey, you know, have, have you seen this match from Ring of Honor? Yes, I've seen that match from Ring of Honor. What do you think? You know, um, but yeah, love Ring of Honor. And I really do pray that, you know, they make a comeback. They get where they, you know, need to be again. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe they'll, you know, I don't know if they're going to redo the championships. Maybe they'll do some, bring back tag team warfare, bring back the top prospect tournament, like so many different things that they could do and what they're reimagining is going to be. Um, I'm excited for the future of Ring of Honor. I'm nervous at the same time because you don't exactly know what this new version of Ring of Honor is going to be, but we will certainly find out. And again, like I said before, you know, good luck to everybody out there. Um, wherever you go, whatever you do, you know, good luck to you and God bless you. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed us. I hope you enjoyed listening to us fanboy over Ring of Honor. Um, and uh, like what we said before, good luck with it. Uh, Chip, anything you want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. A couple of quick shout-outs. Shout-out to our good friend Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Go check. Go to a Thompson Personal Training on Facebook and um, check out his price listings and everything. Everything is ready for you uh, right there. Um, make sure to go check out uh, Chronic Conversations with our good friends Jerry and Jennifer. Uh, go to uh, Warrior Workout Network with our good friends Sean and Andrew. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, our good friend Ivan Montanez and his streaming service, his streaming content. Um, and as always, thank you guys so much. We love you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for all the love you give us, giving us over 18,000 downloads. Again, it's, it's a blessing. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you right back here next time on another edition of Movement Radio. We talk wrestling. Thank you very much. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click the bell to get notified of our latest videos and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.